We'd like to welcome you back to our sixth and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 26, 2019. I've done this recording over the last four days. I, I It's just too much to try to get to this many parts in one time. Uh, at least I'm going to do that for this week. And I'm not going to be doing six-part teachings every week. It's just it's just too much. I mean, unless God tells me to, I will then. But um, I'm all, I also realize that I'm, I'm probably overwhelming my listeners with too much content for them to be able to process on a weekly basis but in this particular week it kind of worked out that way so the next one is alert new zealanders they're coming to your doors for wrong think about islam so this segues greatly into what we just read so the government is in collusion with islam in order to bring about sharia law this video is from the youtube channel rahara k it was published on may 5th 2019 and this guy is visited by Jacinda Ardern's jackboot New Zealand police thugs regarding the incident at Christchurch. The Christchurch, the, the false flag shooting that they had where, you know, we documented that and all the red flags regarding it. Well, now they're sending police door to door. Evidently, if you said any inappropriate comments before, during or after about the shooting or about Islam, and they're sending armed policemen door to door now to question you. And this is a guy recording... It shows the, the policeman walking up the front the front driveway, and this is his interaction with them. Cool, we get. Just wonder what you You guys can come on. I invite you on. Okay. So what's what's going on? What's what's? Um, yeah. I'm Nick. Yeah, I'm Nick oh, Bush. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. Um, so the guy's being real low key and, and almost almost trying to act humble and and. Uh, uh, but he's a police officer, and there's another lady police officer at the end of the driveway, and they've, they're gun, they've got guns on them, and um, this is the thought police. The reason we're here, it's, um, it's basically down to the recent um, events in Christchurch, um, with the shooting there, right? Yeah. Based on that, um, yeah. sort of a number of people being identified. The shooting that was coordinated through the government and, you know, was a false flag, and there was... 900 red flags and they removed the videos and you got prison time if you reposted them or even looked at them yeah that same shooting we've been tasked to go and speak to so you're you're one of those people um that's really we're here yeah so what, what specifically so that's what that? i want to talk to you about but i'm not really comfortable discussing this with you oh. while i'm being filmed and now well, he's not comfortable discussing it if he's being filmed the the, the wonderful thought police cop oh, imagine that because they don't want any, they don't want any, uh, what he should have done, what it would have been better is if he just wore a uh, hidden camera. That would have been better, I think, because then they could have got the real true aspect of this. People have been identified in regard to the Christchurch shooting, and these cops have been tasked with talking to those people. What this usually amounts to is an investigation of people who commented on social media about the Christchurch incident and the New Zealand government has money to make and prisons to fill. Absolutely. So naturally, they have to go out and harass the public. And this cop is probably not comfortable discussing this while being filmed because he doesn't want it to be broadcast to everybody in New Zealand that Jacinda's task force is closely monitoring the social media posts of all New Zealanders. There are three rules when considering talking to cops that can save you tons of grief down the road. Rule number one, never talk to cops. Rule number two, never talk to cops. And rule number three, when in doubt, refer to rules one and two. 
Now, if you decide not to employ the first three rules and want to talk to them anyway, never talk to them without recording the interaction. Or without an attorney present or invoking your Fifth Amendment, you could do that as well. It's, it's getting to that point where, you know, it's that wicked where this is just what you need to do, most likely, unless God tells you otherwise. Really comfortable discussing this with you while I'm being filmed. This cop is called a public servant, but he's made it clear that he wants to have a private conversation about a public event. An event whose mere distribution of a recording obtained from social media has led to the caging of those who distributed that recording. And the funny thing about cops is they don't like it when there are recordings and evidence of interactions. So naturally, this cop wants to have a chat in private. No, well, I think he should be because, you know. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy was was an Islam, Islamist anyway. He looks like he's from the Middle East. He doesn't have an accent in that way, but he looks very Middle Eastern to me. And uh, um, to me, I don't know. It just it smacks of that. I wouldn't be surprised. I can't say for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. You come here on a Sunday morning. Yes. It's quarter to ten, isn't it? All right. Yeah. And. You come here onto my property and now you want to discuss something. Yes. So I think we need to get a record of this and make sure that whatever you're doing, or whatever you're doing coming around here, and I notice you've got your, your gun on your hip there, and uh, I presume the, other, the lady here has also got a firearm. No, she doesn't. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, well. Of course, he'll, he's disarmed totally because that's the way it is in New Zealand. No one else can have guns but the cops and the criminals. But you've still got one. So you come around here and you're, well, I'd say, you know, intimidating with a firearm, right? And if you want to talk, if you'd like to talk to me, that's fine, you know, yeah. but, you know, I'd like everyone else in, in New Zealand to know what you're coming to talk to people about, right? Yeah. And what, what's the issue, especially on a Sunday morning, yeah. you know? So are you willing to speak to me off camera or not? <laughs> this cop really doesn't want there to be a recording of this no, of investigation regarding Christchurch. And why is Because that? his deeds are evil. They always like to do things in the darkness when there's no record, when they you know, have plausible deniability, because their deeds are evil. That's what the Bible talks about in that, in that regard. That's why he's doing that in this particular case. No, I'm not. I'm, no, I, I think it's important that people understand the, the direction New Zealand is going, right? And that you, that right. put the police oh, office, okay, I'll find you, you know, if you're becoming yeah. that sort of. Yeah. Oh. Um, what, what time, so you've obviously, I understand that you're upset that we have. I'm not upset, I, I'm just interested in, in, the, in what the police have become. All right. And okay. what they're just becoming. Thought police. Just a suppression agent, politically. Police. Protecting the most big, the, the, the biggest, sickest, most perverted it's okay to, 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 to sodomize babies and goats and donkeys and camels. Female generally mutilate your, your little, throw acid on infidels, infidel women that, that, you know, don't adhere to your parameters. Rape, steal, kill, pillage, lie, dominate, subjugate. That's the religion they've got to protect. That's the one. Total perversion and wickedness. And... The police in New Zealand have become thought police that go door to door now. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have any type of uh, opposition toward that sick 
twisted black devil death cult, perverted death cult. Being politicised, no, no, I think that you guys need to realise, what did you guys join the police for? It's not about what to protect right. Islam, Listen, isn't it? Just, it, just hear me out. Because you have to ask yourself some questions. Here, right? if, if you're not willing to speak to us off camera, then we won't speak to you. We'll leave. Okay? okay. Um, he only wants to have an off-camera conversation. But boy, is he going to be on a list now. Now he's really going to be under the satanic microscope because he's already, oh boy, this is way, this, this is not what sheep will do. You're, you're going to have, I mean, God help this guy. You know, he's not willing to have anybody else hear what he's got to say. So there must be a reason for that. And don't think for a second that there's anything suspicious going on here, guys. Nothing at no. all. Nothing to see. Nothing. And it's more than that the cops are just politicized. They're being politically weaponized. Yep. And those weapons are ironically pointed at those the cops claim to be protecting and serving. It's clear that this guy is being visited by the Gestapo for wrong think, and the armed enforcers are there to collect data from him for further investigation, which is not designed to turn out well in this man's favor. Cops are trained to lie, and they find that lying is better done off camera. And so what will happen after that? I don't know. Look, what look, what's happened is another officer will come during the week. Obviously, <laughs> well, Sunday, Sunday morning. Another officer. Well, when when is a good time? <laughs> what's a good time? What's for... a good time? I mean, he's going to record you. Well, no, you, you're not going to record us. When's a good time for us to come back and you not to record us? Because we're going to, you know, I mean, that's basically what he's saying. He's basically saying, no, you're going to have a talking to, and you're not going to have anything present to record it. And it's just a matter of time before we get to implement on this or, or what, or what, I mean, jail, what, I mean, fines. I don't know. Where, where does this end? What for another officer to come and tell this guy that they don't want to be recorded either. And then will that law enforcer say the same things these badge does? No, I believe they'll escalate because I don't think this is going to, this is just your, 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 the first wave. The second wave will be a much stronger arm, um, approach, I believe. Will they then get stuck in a loop of showing up and not talking while the camera is rolling? Um, well, a good time is when you you want to talk. If you want, want to talk to me, we want to be able to. We, I would I would like instead of you coming here and 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 not in secret, but in sort of like if you want to talk to people in New Zealand, then it should be open, right? And tell people exactly what you you're that's asking what, them. That's what we're and, here for. We're, and, we're here to talk to you openly, but. Not like this. Not with Why not? Being That's not open. So we're here to talk to you openly, but not that openly. We are here on your property to talk to you on our terms. Forget that. Why not? Because you what? Are you scared that you might yeah. you might act a bit too intimidatingly, or or am I, am I being intimidated? Never trust a soft-spoken, mild-mannered yeah, cop. Exactly. Never. There's always an ulterior motive with cops. They're not there for your benefit. They're there for the benefit of the state. Well, you come here on a Sunday morning with a firearm. When That's intimidating. When is a good and and especially when you what did you, you told me you, you said look you've come here to discuss the Christchurch shootings and no, I am. I didn't say no, you said, said, just, I said people have been identified, yeah. right? And yeah, well, how have you how have you identified me? So you've been. I presume it's I'm, Facebook, I'm, I'm right? I'm happy to discuss that with Facebook. So anything that he's posted that doesn't line up with the state. 
on Facebook. That's how they identified him. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. And this is what they're using with social media for data mining and ultimately total lock, stock and barrel control of every aspect of our lives. And you better be a good little, good little brown shirt Nazi and do as you're told. But yeah. not on camera. So, no, well, I'm not. I'm, again, I think it's super or? important that people understand what they become political agents to walking away from a conversation while a person is talking is pretty unprofessional. Okay, so come back whenever you like. We'll um, discuss it. Bye bye. This is what happens when we give up a little essential liberty for the promise of a little temporary security. And when we do that, we deserve neither liberty nor security. It's probably not a good idea for this guy to have told the cops that they can come back whenever they like. Right. I just hope he keeps the cameras charged and ready to go for the next visit, because there will be another visit. They don't let things like this die, and they'll never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, that was interesting. Sorry that only that. Well, my God, what is New Zealand coming to? Leave your comments about this for the world, the Google Thought Police, and Jacinda Ardern's... Hey, I, I read you the, the reports from my listeners from New Zealand, and it was all the same manner. You know, they're just, they're a little bit further, well, they're a good bit along than we are in America regarding this. I mean, I, I can't even believe what I'm seeing half the time anymore. Okay, so the next report is uh, Iraq's Christian Christians close to extinction. Since the U.S.-led invasion toppled the regime of Saddam Hussein in 2003, he said the Christian community had dwindled by 83%, from around 1.5 million to 250,000. And Steve Quayle said intended consequences by someone. Yeah, because when we go into countries and we invade them, the military-industrial complex, with the synagogue of Satan backing them, and most likely Saudi Arabia, it always produces horrific fruit for that country. And again, really the ultimate goal of Satan is to kill all the Christians off in the world. Annihilate them. But yet, if we were this force for good, why is it that since we went in there and got Saddam Hussein out of there, the Christian community has dwindled by 83% in Iraq alone. That doesn't seem like it's very good fruit to me. No, no. The Archbishop of Ibril, the capital of Iraqi Kurdistan, has accused Britain's Christian leaders of failing to do enough in defense of the vanishing Christian community in Iraq. An impassioned address in London the Reverend Bashar Warda said Iraq's Christians now face extinction after the 1,400 years of persecution. Since the U.S.-led invasion toppled the regime of Saddam Hussein in 2003, he said the Christian community has dwindled by 83% from around 1.5 million to 250,000. Christi Christianity in Iraq, he said, one of the oldest churches, if not the oldest church in the world, is perilously close to extinction. Those of us who remain must be ready to face martyrdom. So that's where they're at since the good old U.S.-led coalition got Saddam Hussein out of there. Yeah. Our tormentors confiscated our present, meaning their present time. He said, while seeking to wipe out our history and destroy our future, in Iraq there's no redress for those who have lost properties, homes, and businesses. Tens of thousands of Christians have nothing to show for their life's work. 
for generations of work in places where their families have lived maybe for thousands of years. So we have that. Then we have this. Minneapolis, Somali Muslim mob. Okay, Somali Muslims. They're some of the worst of the worst. With hammers descend on Minneapolis East Bank train station, injuring patrons. Now, we're going to see more and more of this as Islam takes over America. A person who claimed on social media to have been at the station when the incident occurred. Now, this has been suppressed by the mainstream media, obviously, but it did happen. And I, I saw that you can click on the link and see the local reports if they haven't removed them. But um, anyway, a person who claimed on social media to have been at the station where the incident occurred said that the group of males had hammers and bars and that they seemed to be attacking anyone who looked like they had money or were white. End of quote. That was just what the bystanders saw. Yeah. So that's you're going to see more and more of that. Next one, U.S. schools fails student for refusing to recite Islamic prayer. Another grievous violation of the Establishment Clause in the, for the cause of Islam. Anywhere American law and Islamic law conflicts, it's American law now that must give way. In case you haven't been paying attention, Islam has been continuously creeping into schools across America. This is a continuization of the public school, um, of the public school system as documented in my book, Stop the Islamization of America, Practical Guide to Resistance. And so this is the actual report. Um, and then there's another report that's shock video. Muslim leader Sharifa Al-Khatib talks about using public schools in America to convert America to Islam. That's what they're doing. U.S. schools fail student for refusing to recite Islamic prayer. Also taught that Muslims' faith is stronger than Christians. This is from World Net Daily. These are some quotes that they were meant to uh, evidently um, memorize and um, regurgitate. Everybody in the school that had this class. Quote one. This is in America. Most Muslims' faith is stronger than the average Christian. Well, it's hard to argue with that because if you look at lukewarm Christians, sure. And how fervent Muslims are, yeah, it's hard to argue, but that's what it says. But this, these are your these Christian students, or anybody that would be a Christian taking this class, are forced to say this. I would never say it. Put a bullet in my head. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say anything that's going to glorify Islam. Whatever. Go ahead and kill me. Absent for the bodies to be present with the Lord. Whatever. I'm dying for a good reason. You know. The next one, Islam at heart is a peaceful religion. Again, bullet in the head, I'll pick that over saying that. It's such a beyond perverse lie. I don't, I mean, look, look at what we just talked about. Look at what we just covered. They're just lies. The next one, jihad is a personal struggle in devotion to Islam, especially involving spiritual discipline. Another total lie from the pit of hell. The next quote, to Muslims, Allah is the same God that is worshipped in Christianity and Judaism. A total, another total lie. Allah is the moon God of, of the pagan Arabic Middle East. It's all Allah has ever, ever was and ever will be. It's not the same God of the Bible, obviously. 
I mean, this is what their unholy book, the Quran, tells them to do. Quran 8.12, I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve, meaning anybody that's not a believer in Islam. Therefore, strike off their heads and strike off every fingertip of them. End of quote. So no reasonable person would interpret this to mean jihad is a spiritual struggle. What a lie from the pit of hell of that is. The Quran commands Muslims to kill infidels. In Islam, the word kafir refers to non-Muslims in a derogatory sense and is translated into English as infidel or unbeliever. Okay. So the term refers to a person who rejects or disbelieves in Allah, also known in ancient times as the pagan moon god or the tenets of Islam. Denying the dominion and the authority of Allah is thus often translated Islam, uh, infidel. Surah in the Quran, their book Surah 3360 says, Allah has cursed the unbelievers and proposed them for a blazing hell. Surah 4114, unbelievers are Islam, Unbelievers are enemies of Allah and they will roast in hell. So those are just a couple of, of quotes, you know, from good old Islam, the religion of peace. So let's go back to this report. The problem in those statements were part of an instruction of the instruction in a public school in Maryland. And one of the students in the classroom now is asking the U.S. Supreme Court to condemn such religious lessons funded by taxpayers. The Thomas More Law Center has submitted a petition asking the high court to take up the case of the student Kalee Wood, quote, as a Christian and 11th grader at La Plata High School in Maryland, Kalee Wood was taught that most Muslim faith is stronger than the average Christian. She was also required to profess in writing the Islamic conversion creed that, quote, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. See, the devil knows when you say this stuff, even if you're going through the motions, there's demons probably coming into you. Especially if you're a Christian. Or even a non-Christian. Because see, if you're going along with this, it's not a good thing. You're opening yourself up to absolute demonic infestation. And this is why they're trying to force people to do this. And also capitulate to Islam and go along with it. Just trying to, to basically make the average American just a total coward and will cower in fear when Islam's mentioned. But Miss Wood believed that this that it is a sin to profess by word or in writing that there is any other God except for the Christian God. She stood firm in her Christian beliefs and was punished for it. The school refused her request to opt out or give her an alternative assignment. She refused to complete her anti-Christian assignment and consequently received a failing grade. So it's either you you do what we say you're going to do regarding Islam, or we're going to fail you. The legal team explained Wednesday, the lower courts have given a free pass to the school district to teach Islam, and so TMLC filed a request with the Supreme Court to decide whether any legal basis exists to allow public schools to discriminate against Islam, against Christianity, I'm sorry, while at the same time promoting Islam. Under the guise of teaching history or social studies, public schools across America are promoting the religion of Islam in ways that would never be tolerated for Christianity or any other religion, said Richard Thomas, TMLC's president. I'm not aware of any school which has forced a Muslim student to write the Lord's Prayer or John 3.16, which is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Could you imagine that? 
I wouldn't try to force a, a Muslim person to do that, but that's what they're trying to do to us. But but because it's it's Satan's religion, that's fine. It's protected. Because it's wicked and evil and perverse. So obviously it's protected. Many public schools have become a hotbed of Islamic propaganda. Teaching Islam in schools has gone far beyond a basic history lesson. Prompted by zealous Islamic activism and emboldened by confusing court decisions, schools are now bending over backwards to promote Islam, while at the same time denigrate Christianity. We are asking the Supreme Court to provide the necessary legal guidance to resolve the insidious discrimination against Christians in our public schools, he said. And how do those concepts concepts align with congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof well the lessons taught the lessons taught islamic principles as if they were true facts while christian principles were treated as mere beliefs the filing states would refuse to write that the muslim god is the only god and was failed for her faith her christian faith the lower courts discounted wood's religious convictions and gave the school the go-ahead to go ahead and, you know, evidently fail her. World Net Daily reported in just the past few days on a legal team that dispatched cease and desist letters to several Washington state school districts that were promoting Islam through the Ramadan policy of giving Muslim students special privileges. I mean, you know, it's just, it's going to get worse and worse and worse unless there's massive, massive prayer fasting and pushback against this. And I don't see it happening. The church is way too gelded, way too yoked up with the state, and way too asleep. way too cowardly as far as i can see not everybody but the vast majority the vast majority one district ordered employees to greet muslim students in arabic <laughs> but in recent months the resistance to islam indoctrination has been growing one group has fought it the freedom of conscious defense fund regularly has opposed islamic teachings in public schools well that that's that's good Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. And this is some of the original information I wanted to do regarding the synagogue of Satan that I just keep having a harder and harder time getting to because I have so much news building up in the background. Um, this whole report is entitled, What is the Ultimate Agenda of the Synagogue of Satan? And um, granted that the true essence of the globalist Zionist Luciferians is more aligned with the Democratic Party than the republicans however both parties are pro-death seeking power to murder with impunity both internationally and at home while it is like a central tenet of luciferianism the greater truth is that both parties are for all intents and purposes 100 percent infiltrated by the synagogue of satan zionists robert david Steele stated in a very recent interview that the most important issue facing u.s citizens is choosing between the united states or um israel now when they mean israel they mean synagogue of satan which is one of the most profound things he's ever said. He also claims that the establishment Republicans are more heavily into um, child molestation and the uh, pedophilia blood drinking than the established Democrats are, which wouldn't surprise me a bit. We do not have a greater friend than Donald Trump, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told reporters after meeting with the president at the White House in February. No, and he's, he's true. And of course, we have all heard Donald Trump publicly declare, I speak to you today as a lifelong supporter and a true friend of Israel. I am a newcomer to politics, but not to backing the Jewish state. But Donald Trump is the most renowned president ever for saying things that patriots like to hear. And again, I am, I am pro-Israel from regarding the Bible, the remnant that is going to be saved, the one-third remnant that's going to be saved, that 
you know, are going to look upon the one whom they've pierced and mourn for him as one that mourns for an only begotten son during the tribulation. I am for the Jews being saved. I love Israel. I love the Jews, but I am not for the synagogue of Satan. Okay? And that's the difference. So anyway, going back to this report. Uh, but as you see below, both Trump and Hillary are working for the same people. The globalist, Zionistic, Luciferian, adrenochrome-addicted cannibals, they, they get the adrenochrome from maximally torturing people, preferably little children, and then slitting their throats and drinking their blood at the maximum point of tear because then it's saturated with adrenochrome and they get high off it. All Zionist politicians, regardless of political party, need to be tried for treason, including Donald Trump. I couldn't agree more. Sadly, most politicians are Zionists, including Donald Trump, and even the ADL admits that Zionists are not patriots. Remember, the ADLs are the ones that are trying to put, put this equality um, act into, into um, motion, which will basically um, criminalize Christianity. So that's what we're dealing with here. Now, this little video is called Zionists are not patriots. I'm Adam Green with No More News. It's August 14th, 2018, and I've got a very cool clip, a couple clips to show you guys. I played this in my live stream last night, but I wanted to make a shorter video so people can see this incredible soundbite from the ADL. I'll get right into it. Let's start with a clip. Well, actually, let's start with this is the law. We think about the State Department. U.S. State Department law defining anti-Semitism. So by law, anti-Semitism is defined, and the ADL has a problem with it. So they went and talked to Congress about one of their issues with this law. Department definition, which seeks to codify what anti-Semitism is. The State Department definition claims that uh, stating that a particular Jewish person has more loyalty to the state of Israel than they do to their own country is necessarily an example of anti-Semitism. So, accusing Jewish citizens of being more loyal to Israel or to the alleged priorities of Jews worldwide than to the interests of their own nations. So, saying that, you know, getting mad about dual citizens in our government or accusing people of having dual loyalty to Israel or just, you know, being uh, more allegiance to the Jewish tribe, the Jewish race, the, Jew the chosen people than, uh, than whatever nations the Jews reside in from the diaspora. And uh, here's a real-life example of this. This is Alan Dershowitz, uh, Habad Lubavitch, who says, uh, uses this same thing, says it's anti-Semitic. This is him talking about Valerie Plain when she tweeted the article saying that Jews are behind the wars in the Middle East. The assumption that Jews always have a dual loyalty and that they, they only support... Uh... Remember, this is a guy, the Shabbat Lubavitch, which is what Jared Kushner potentially maybe the, the antichrist is most likely what donald trump's converted to um what ivanka's definitely converted to shabbat lubavitch which are the highest level kabbalistic uh talmud loving jews synagogue of saint jews that exist so anything out of this guy's mouth is going to be a lie okay israel is a form of anti-semitism and has to be resisted um yeah so there he is. It's anti-Semitic to say that they have loyalty to Israel. So now here's an example. This is a Wormser. She was a co-author of the PNAC Clean Break, or not PNAC, the Clean Break Papers about regime change for Iraq and in the Middle East for Israel. And she gets questioned on this dual loyalty thing, and this is her response. 
a cold hard stare and basically she's loyal to Israel and there's nothing wrong with that in her mind. Um, yes, many of us are Jewish. There's no need to apologize for that. Um, uh, most of us, all of us, in fact, are pro-Israel. Uh, some of us more fiercely so than the than than others. That, that paper in 1996, the, the King Break paper, that you was... have to understand when they say pro-Israel, that means that they will throw America under the bus every single time. When it comes to, they're, they're American citizens, they're dual citizens most of the time, but they will throw America under the bus every single time in order to advance the synagogue of Satan agenda of, of that Israel's trying to implement because it's not a godly agenda that they're trying to implement because they have sick, whist, twisted, evil people at the top of the food chain in Israel, like Netanyahu and their ilk, okay? So that's what you have to understand. It says Israel can shape its strategic environment in cooperation with Turkey and Jordan by weakening, containing, and even rolling back Syria. To... This effort can focus on removing Saddam Hussein from power in Iraq, an important Israeli strategic objective in its own right. And right after 9-11, what happened? We took out Afghanistan and, and uh, Saddam in Iraq for yeah. Israel. So we could get control of the poppy, the opium in Afghanistan. That was under the guise of it. That was a big reason 9-11 happened. So we could have that excuse to go in Afghanistan. And so and then we're literally over there guarding the poppy fields. And then from that point forward, the opium production, which had actually been dwindling, um, started to just increase exponentially to the point it is now. And this is why we have so many uh, drug-addicted and adult people in America that are, that are on like heroin and fentanyl and Oxycontin and all these other things because we've been flooded and we have been able to so increase the opium production. They fly it over in C C-140s into America and the pharmaceutical companies get it and... and um, you know, turn it into the drugs, and then I'm sure a certain amount of it gets on the streets, and it's used as heroin and this type of stuff. And it's all by design, all on purpose, unplanned to destroy America. Oops. Accusations of, of dual loyalty. There is no dual loyalty. Exactly. When you think about the state. What was that stare about? There is no dual loyalty. <laughs> And then she gave that stare. Wow. That means I am loyal to... eyes could kill, man. I mean, let's stare. In other words, I am loyal to Israel. There's no dual loyalty. I am loyal to Israel. Even though I may be a politician in the U.S. government, I am loyal to Israel, to the synagogue of Satan. It's not a godly agenda they're, try they're trying to push. It'd be one thing if it was a godly agenda. It's not. And then she gives this death stare to the guy. Israel... And I'm going to say it's not dual loyalty, because I'm not going to say I'm Israel first, but that's what she's saying. And that was probably the last question. So now back to the ADL. This is their response to this uh, saying that Jews are more loyal to Israel. Right, the truth is that that's one of the fundamental premises of Zionism. And if you go back and look at the statement, say, of Theodore Herzl, who's wrote really what's considered the founding text of Zionism, he argued very clearly that... Jews are one people, and therefore it's use, useless for them to be patriots. To Jews are one people, and it's useless for them to be patriots. So all these Zion, Christian Zionists in America that are pushing for the embassy move and make Israel great again, they really are making Israel great again, and they're not patriots. All these people, Trump saying to make, uh, that he's America first, Alex Jones, America first, uh, Breitbart and all these uh, concerns. Because see, he's 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 identified Alex Jones as being totally on board with all of this because he Alex Jones refuses to talk about this. 
at all, which is a just like Sean Hannity. It's a dead giveaway. They're shills. It's a dead giveaway that although they might put out some truth, there's there's no way you could argue that with Jones in particular. They're ultimately they're running cover to protect Israel and to make sure they're never implicated in any of the stuff like that what we're going over today because they don't ever want you to know that. They want to be they want to make sure they're they're hiding behind the scenes while they're implementing their agenda. Under they're our very online noses. media people, they're all Zionists, they're all in the third temple cult. And uh, here's the ADL admitting that yeah, we admit it. We're pro Israel first and our allegiance is to Israel and to the Jewish people and there's nothing anti-Semitic about it. In fact, what was his exact word again? Where the truth is that that's one of the fundamental premises of Zionism. It's the fundamental premise of Zionism that you're not a patriot in America if you're a Zionist, you're Israel first. And if you go back and look at the statements, say, of Theodore Herzl, who's wrote really what's considered the founding text of Zionism, he argued very clearly that Jews are one people and therefore it's use, useless for them to be patriots to the countries in which they reside. <laughs> So there's times when oh, useless for them to be patriots in countries where they reside. You hear that, people? They they don't want to assimilate. They they go. They other countries take them in when they're persecuted, and then they don't assimilate. They only work together, and then they end up subverting and taking over with monopolies and their ingrained yeah, preference and their nepotism. And then now they're just trying to sell it off that they have the highest IQs and they're the smartest, and that's why. And they're they're, they're openly admitting to this, which is the most insane part. And this is before Congress. It looks like represented uh in all the important industries of power when a statement um like that is contained in the definition of the state department would actually undermine the founding premises of zionism itself the thing that makes judaism okay so here's another clip the same thing this is the uh, a jew admitting that jews are a corrosive force to the countries that they're in the thing that makes judaism dangerous to everybody to every race to every nation to he's the author of nothing sacred the truth about judaism and i believe he himself is a jew yeah every idea is that we smash things that aren't true we don't believe in the boundaries of nation state we don't believe in the ideas of these individual gods that that you know that protect individual groups of people these are all artificial constructions and judaism really teaches us how to so in other words judaism doesn't believe in god these artificial gods that protect us like we believe in christians no because they're luciferians deep down they worship satan they're luciferians guys and they admit it and i'm going to give you quotes um later straight from the horse's mouth where they admit that we serve satan we, we serve lucifer and that is their god hey listen when they rejected jesus on the cross way 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 back in the day you know that didn't help it says blindness in part has happened to israel until the fullness of the gentile come in that's what it says in romans and while we do not boast against them be like we're better they're blind no 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 we don't do that as christians we want them to get saved but there has been a collective blindness on them and whenever you create that you're creating a vacuum where another entity will come in and take its place and their entity that unfortunately they're serving right now is lucifer and this is why they're going to collectively embrace the antichrist because they're going to think it's their messiah that in a sense our detractors have us right in that we are a corrosive force we're breaking down the false gods of all nations and all people because they're not real and that so jesus isn't real and that's the main one they're concerned about and that's what they're trying to break down 
And this is why the ADL has everything to do with all this hate speech stuff going through where it's going to outlaw Christianity and Christian beliefs. That's why they're doing it because they're trying to primarily destroy Christianity because they're being used as a tool of Satan in order to do that. Very upsetting to people. How horrible does... There you go. So that's all from the documentary. And I had one more clip to show you. This is Sheldon Adelson, Trump's top campaign donor. Oh. He owns Donald Trump. Trump's top campaign donor. Let's see what he has to say. A Jew. Give him around like a hundred million, sat right behind him. Hundred million. When he sat right behind him in the inauguration, gave a hundred million. And we're to think that, you know, Israel, the synagogue of Satan not Israel, but the synagogue of Satan has no sway over Trump and they don't own him lock, stock, and barrel. He gave him a hundred million. Set behind him in the inauguration. I mean, please. And this is just one of the guys that owns him. Trump, Trump, Trump says how high, not to mention Trump was bailed out by the Rothschilds yep. in the early 90s, was probably a made man in the Jewish mafia before that. Real quick, I want to show you and give a quick plug to the video I made the other day. It is put a lot of time into it. There's a lot of news in it. Bankster's Paradise featuring yeah. featuring Donald Trump. So everybody, I, under I'm gonna play that, and it's really hard to get through. It's about 20 minutes, but it just goes through and documents all of his connections to the to essentially the synagogue of Satan mafia. I mean, and I'm talking mainstream reports that have come out over the years. Not anything that anyone else couldn't find. It just puts it all together. 20 minutes, 16,000 views in a week. It's, a, it's really good uh, info packed, a good thing to share. So here's Adelson saying that a simulation is killing us Jews. So, oh, I had one more from... And this video, I'm, I'm surprised it's even on YouTube, but they've disabled certain features for the certain features for this video they're not allowing content they're not allowing any comments they're not allowing how many view counts i had to click on this thing where it said this is objectionable content you have to click on this link to proceed any further because this might be whatever uh so they've they've censored this video about as many ways as they could other than just flat out right banning it which i'm surprised they haven't done before i play a simulation is killing the jews here is uh sheldon adelson saying what his allegiance to is. So this is Trump's top campaign contributor. Oh, he owns, he's the, the king of the Republican Party. Sheldon Adelson is ready to buy the presidency is the headline. So here we go. An excerpt from Bankster's Paradise. He's the kingmaker. Again, I wish you wouldn't have that music along the whole time because then, you know, you can't even comment. But... Um, it says, savor the sweetness of, this was from the New Yorker, and it's called The Kingmaker, and it's about the Sheldon Adelson, and I believe his relationship with Trump. Savor the sweetness of that upside, being the single person to whom both the Prime Minister of Israel and the President of the United States owe everything. You know, and I mean, you, you make a deal with the devil, you know, there's going to be a lot to pay back. And Trump's, Trump's made so many deals with the devil over the years that, you know, they're... They, even if he wanted to be a good guy, he couldn't do it. Single person to whom both the Prime Minister of Israel and the President of the United States owe everything. That was in 2012, before Trump. But he, he bought Trump, too. I am not Israeli. The uniform that I wore in the military, unfortunately, was not an Israeli uniform. Unfortunately, it, he didn't 
serve in the IDF, he served in the U.S. So he's disappointed that Even he served he's our Jew. country instead of his true allegiance to Israel. Right. He was in American uniform, although my wife was in the IDF, and one of my... Top, Trump's Make America First top campaign donor gives $35 million to a foreign country's uh, military. My daughter was in the IDF, and my two little boys, our two little boys, one of whom will be Bar Mitzvah tomorrow, hopefully he'll come back. Hopefully he'll come back. His hobby is shooting, and uh, he'll come back to be a sniper. Hopefully he'll come wow. back and shoot some Arabs and, and some some Gaza people when they're trying to get over the fence. For the uh, for the IDF, all we care about is being good Zionists, being good citizens of Israel. All we care about is being good Zionists, good citizens of Israel. All we care about is being good Zionists, good citizens of Israel. Trump is not make America great again. And the fact that Alex Jones and Infowars will never even mention one of the richest men in the world, right. Sheldon Adelson, who right. owns Trump, and who Sheldon Adelson, who's all Israel all the time, right. is Israel firster. Yep. There's, there's, hundred he's million showing, to Trump for supporting. He's showing report after report after report from all these different uh, Jerusalem Post and Israel Times and other ones of Jerusalem Post. Last minute, Adelson flushes Trump Trump campaign with cash. I mean, just report after report that you know he's doing this by design on purpose. Now look what Trump is doing. He's having to pay this back by taking us into World War Three with Iran and. Um, Putting Kushner in a position to uh, uh, craft this peace agreement, which most likely will will um, you know get the temple rebuilt and, and and bring us into World War Three and um, you know where the Antichrist is going to ultimately reside, the Third Temple, or, or ultimately go into and defile it at the midpoint of the tribulation. So it's a heavy price Trump is having to pay for you know him selling out uh, over and over again israel this is all excerpts from uh banker's paradise banked yeah, paradise just, check it out and now here he is saying uh, a simulation kills last video clip and i'll show in you in this country the one thing the jews have been searching this is sheldon adelson he's the jew that gave trump all these millions and this is assimilation kills meaning we jews don't assimilate with any other cult we are we are israel first we are really zionistic build the third temple our allegiance is to lucifer essentially and that's why we don't assimilate because it's israel synagogue synagogue of satan really is what he means first for, for three thousand years is acceptance and assimilation and now that we've achieved acceptance and assimilation it's turning out to be our undoing. And without birthright, there, there's statistics... So assimilation is their undoing. So they don't want to assimilate to the countries that they go to? It's not how they want it to be. So those are the clips I have for today. I'm Adam Green for No More. Okay, so we have that. Uh, 89 of our senators and congressmen hold dual citizen citizenship with israel which of course is treasonous you cannot serve two masters and we know who they're actually 
beholden to. We've just we stated that very, very clearly. There's a link there if you don't believe that. There's a whole link of the list of senators and congressmen, the whole dual, dual citizenship. Uh, there is a loyalty agreement with Israel that the congresspersons are now required to sign. Apparently, the only congressman now in Congress, um, and this was of 2015, that refused to sign the APAC loyalty oath to Israel was Representative Walter Jones. And here's a whole report on that. I don't have time to get into all these reports, though. Going further, here's an audio link of a rabbi admitting the Zionist intention to kill off all of humanity other than the Jews. His words, not mine. Hey, um, are we God's chosen people? It's just most... He says, hey, are we God's chosen people? It's just most Jews do not like to admit it. But our God is Lucifer. Okay, so I give you that link if you want to click on that. The next one, proof of how the establishment Zionist, Zionist in Great Britain put Trump into the presidency as a fake anti-establishment candidate using extraordinary deception via Cambridge Analytica. And there's a whole several links on that. What is the main goal and true definition of Zionism? Quote, the goal for which we have striven so concertedly for the for 3,000 years is, is last within our reach. And because its fulfillment is so apparent, it behooves us to increase our efforts and our caution tenfold. I can place, I can safely promise you that before 10 years have passed, our race will take its rightful place in the world. Every Jew, a king, and every Gentile, a slave. We will openly reveal our identity and the races of Asia with the races of Asia and Africa, I could state with assurance that our last that the last generation of white children is now being born. Our commissions will, in the interest of peace and wiping out our interracial tensions, forbid whites to mate with white. I told you. I've quoted the rabbis before, saying the, the biggest thing they're trying to do is get is get the black men particularly black men raping and subjugating white women which they're doing in mass in europe and if not if not black men then the um, muslims from the middle east white people with white people will be forbidden it's their words not mine i'm not going to apologize for their evil Thus the white race will disappear, for mixing the dark with white means the end of white men, and our most, which is our most dangerous enemy, will become only a memory. We shall embark upon an era of 10,000 years of peace and plenty, the Pax Judaica, and our race will rule undisputed over the world. Our superior intelligence will, will easily enable us to retain mastery over the world of the dark people. Remember, we're going into an inevitably brown future that is the whole goal of all of this invasion of of europe canada and america which is where the last kind of bastions of white people exist they're going to breed us out of existence and the jews are the ones behind flooding those countries with the muslims and um the blacks that oh, most of them are muslims and interbreeding with the white women and killing off the white men it's their it's their it's what they're saying who said this rabbi emmanuel rabinovich before a special meeting of the emergency council of european rabbis in budapest hungary january 12th 1952 1952 yeah 
published in the November-December 2000 issue of American's Bulletin, the Canadian Intelligence Service excerpt from September the 1952 issue submitted by James Morehouse and as reported by Major Williams in his book, Ultimate World Order. See, when you can get them speaking candidly, this is what they'll tell you. This is what they'll tell you, flat out. Wiping out the white man is the absolute total goal. And, and using the white women to interbreed with the black nations is the ultimate goal. Our inevitable brown futures, they have said. And I gave you all the quotes from the rabbis when I did the study on South Africa. That's another place they're, they're trying to wipe out. In fact, they're most, they're most advanced in their agenda there. It'll, I mean, I should say that it's happening in New Zealand and Australia and South Africa. The other places where the white races are, um, I'm not saying they're predominant anymore, but there's significant amount of white people there. Uh, that's what they're going to try doing. Now, I imagine Russia will be another place they'll definitely try to target. But, you know, one step at a time. Here's a here's a little excerpt of, of this um, Jacob Rothschild, little picture, who he couldn't look any more evil and creepy. The Rothschilds, when you see any pictures of them, they're the most creepy-looking, demonic, possessed, evil creatures you could even conceive of out of a horror movie. And he says, hello there. My name is Jacob Rothschild. My family is worth $500 trillion. We own nearly every central bank in the world. In fact, we, they started them. We finance both sides of every war since Napoleon. That was the first war they financed. We own your news, your media, your oil, and your government. And you've probably never even heard of me. True. Most people haven't. Donald Trump is a Zionist inside and out, as per, as perhaps best proven by this 19-minute video, Bank, Bankster's Paradise. I'm going to try to get this in before this video ends here, or before I'm up on time. I'm going to have to stop this a lot, though, to, to narrate, because you, you, I really debated a lot if I wanted to play this, because it's mostly, there's very, very little audio. There's some, but there's very little audio, but this will really, if this doesn't convince you that Donald Trump is totally controlled by the synagogue of Satan, which he's a part of, he's a Kabbalist, he's admitted it in his book, he's, he's most likely converted fully over to Judaism a couple years ago, his, his son-in-law is Shabbat Lubavitch, his daughter is Shabbat, I mean, Marla Maples that he was married to wears the red Kabbalah string, Ivanka wears the red Kabbalah string, I mean, come on, his granddaughter wears the red Kabbalah string, I got all the pictures, it's, you can easily find it online, there's no, there, there, there's no question about this guys anymore, Bankster's Paradise, uh, Donald Trump, I'm going to try to get through this. You're watching No More News. His business empire was crumbling. The headline was quite accurate. Welcome to the 90s, Donald. Because it was like he got whacked right in the face. It was amazing. His empire could be at risk of collapse if the New Jersey Casino Commission decides not to approve Trump's bailout plan. By the fall of 1991... A big reason Trump had to declare bankruptcy so many times is because he was molesting all of these little girls, which I have the the proof of, and I, I need to give it another thing because I have to do a whole dedicated study on that, but um, he had to pay off a lot of the parents, and a lot of times the reason he had to declare bankruptcies is because of these massive multi-million dollar payouts to the parents to keep their mouths shut. 
and all three casinos had filed for bankruptcy. You know, I had a wife who was suing me for $2 billion. I had uh, the banks. I had this. I had that. Back in the 90s. Who better, who better to blackmail and to get in your back pocket and to use at a later date than a devil like this? You know what I mean? Who better? 90s, you owed something like $900 million. Your empire was pretty much, much more than that. You owed more than that. Nine hundred and seventy-five was personally guaranteed. That was just. These are all personal interviews that Donald Trump's doing, like on mainstream TV. Part. That was the harder debt, but I owed many, many billions of dollars. The leverage shifted dramatically over to the banks because it was no longer an issue of a bank and a piece of real estate. It was a bank and Donald Trump's actual survival. Trump owed money all over town, to seventy-two banks in all. Pomerantz represented them as a group. How close was he to going personally bankrupt? Very. Trump makes a point of saying he never went personally bankrupt. But there's a reason why the banks decided to keep Trump whole. We made the decision that he would be worth more alive to us than dead. Dead meaning in bankruptcy. Uh we don't want him to be in bankruptcy, we want him out in the world selling these assets for us. So you wanted him alive because he was a salesman and could best sell his own property. And, and he, again, you couldn't even imagine the level of blackmailing. I mean, the, the level of, of strong arming that they have over him because of all that they've done for him and all that they have on him as far as from a perversion standpoint, the, the, the stuff he's done with little girls and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he's the perfect candidate to actually be this this puppet on a level we've never known that's correct we kept him alive they're showing different headlines right now okay so at the beginning of 1990 he owed a combined four billion to more than 70 different banks with 800 million personally guaranteed by his own i mean it just shows you what an incredibly beyond horrifically evil poor businessman he was i understand he had a lot of bankruptcies partly because he had to pay off these millions because of the little girls he molested i get that but still he's an incredibly poor evil businessman um he owned four billion to more than 70 banks with 800 million personally guaranteed by his own assets according to alan pomeritz the pomeritz the lawyer who led the negotiation teams between trump and 72 banks to restructure Trump's loans. Pomeranis was hired by Citibank and became the lead counsel for the negotiations. Wilbur Ross was Donald Trump's Commerce Secretary and will be the voice of U.S. business. He was the one who bailed out Trump in the Atlantic City and is now, oh, and is now Trump's pick for Commerce Secretary. This just happened in... Um, December 8th of 2016, so I guess b before he got, got into office, this Wilbur Ross, who was the guy that bailed out Trump in Atlantic City, is now, coincidentally, his pick for Commerce Secretary. Imagine that. Ross embarked on a strategy that helped Trump avoid a personal bankruptcy that could have derailed his unlikely trajectory. Ross, however, once spared Trump. The future president-elect at one time owned a quarter of Atlantic Casino's city, Atlantic City's casino market, but Trump was heavily in debt, and he started missing bond payments on his uh, in the Atlantic City's largest casino, the Taj Mahal, in 
Donald J. Trump, this is another from the New York Times, and it's entitled Company News, Trump Enlist Help for a Taj Mahal Plan. Donald J., this is from 1995, Donald J. Trump has hired the BT Securities Corporation and Rothschild, Inc. Remember I just read you what Rothschild is, that, that excerpt of the picture? And in all the banks of the world, they control everything. They're worth trillions. Yeah. And Rothschild, Inc., to create a plan intended, and, they're, and they are synagogue of Satan highest level Kabbalistic Jews that you're ever going to see. They're the high, they're the top family in the Illuminati and have been that way, I believe, for well over 100 years from what my research indicates. So when you get in bed with Rothschild, you are getting in bed with the top of the top of the top of the Illuminati, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, bloodlines, okay? That's who Trump's in bed with. He hired BT Securities Corporation Rothschild Inc. to create a plan intended to persuade bondholders of the Trump Taj Mahal Casino and Hotel to return their 50% of ownership of the property to him. Wilbur J. Ross, Senior Managing Director of Rothschild, and it goes on to say so. I mean, he is so yoked up with the most evil factions of the Illuminati, you can't even believe it. Ross, then an investment banker working for Rothschild, Inc., helped bondholders negotiate with Trump, whose finances were unraveling. Uh, as longtime head of Rothschild and company's bankruptcy advisory business in New York, he helped dictate the outcomes of big bankruptcies. Why did we make a deal with him, one asked. According to Rossberg's book, Ross insisted Trump was worth saving. Trump's name is very much still an asset. And they knew they could use him at a later date. I think bankers look at Trump as a promoter, not as a CEO. At least that's the way I looked at him. And if you talk to other bankers, they, I think they share that opinion. He's a wonderful promoter. Show, he, shows he, him in the WWE with Vince McMahon in the middle of the, the fake wrestling rink or whatever. So, yeah, he's a wonderful uh, con job promoter. He's the P.T. Barlandum of the 21st century. Donald Trump may have pulled off his biggest deal to date. Don had survived. He was too big to fail. The bankers do not want Trump to file for bankruptcy. There is this very influential small group, relatively small group, of Jewish donors who give a disproportionate amount of the money to the Republican Party. Casino mogul Sheldon Adelson. He's worth an estimated... Sheldon Adelson was the guy we heard from earlier in the video from Adam Green. This is his video as well, but this is the, the guy, his biggest donator campaign. High-level Kabbalistic Jew. Um, and that's this is who we're talking about. $30 billion. And in fact, in 2012, he already spent $100 million in his attempt to defeat Barack Obama. A season in politics now known as the Adelson primary. Republican presidential hopefuls eager to attract support and maybe millions from casino mogul Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Adelson is ready to buy the U.S. presidency, the New York Magazine. He just, he just hasn't decided which Republican candidate to back. Care to make a pitch? Well, I guarantee you that he already knew that Trump was their man. And then this is the same the same verbiage we just went over with adam green so i'm going to kind of skip over this because we've already heard this he gave 35 million uh to the idf he's the one that said there's you know no there's there's um there's no we don't want to assimilate israel is israel a good citizen good citizens of israel we're not america first 
um, and, you know, so on and so on. His agenda is Israel. That is it. Trump tweeted Sheldon Adelson, this is on October 13, 2015, at 3.46 a.m. Sheldon Adelson is looking to give big dollars to Rubio because he feels he can mold him into his perfect little puppet. I agree. Okay, whatever. But Adelson ended up giving over $100 million to Israel supporting Trump. So that was the difference, I think. Sheldon Adelson backs Trump trip to Israel after $100 million pledge, sources say. Multi-billionaire multi and Republican Jewish coalition are arranging visits before the July convention, as Adelson also plans to donate millions. Uh, so, yeah. Trump is considering a pre-convention visit to Israel. Sheldelson's Adelson to give $25 million boost to the Trump Super PAC. These are all different headlines. Last minute, last minute, Adelson flushes the Trump campaign with cash. This is from the Jerusalem Post. Sheldon Adelson gave record $5 million for the Trump inauguration. He sits right behind the president during the inauguration. Unbelievable. That's the that's what $5 million can buy you, a seat behind the president during the inauguration. That victory would not have come without one other person besides Donald Trump, Sheldon Adelson. That's Steve Bannon, his former uh, White House chief strategist of the Trump administration. It is not about resources. It's about counsel, guidance, and wisdom. Sheldon Adelson didn't cut and run. Sheldon Adelson had Donald Trump's back. Sheldon Adelson offered guidance and counsel and wisdom of how to get through it. He was there for... This Don is at the Zionist Organization of America dinner. And again, Steve Bannon, who, you know, controversial dude there. About how to comport oneself and how to dig down deep. And it was his guidance and his wisdom to help get us through. I am proud to stand with the state of Israel. That's why I'm proud to be a Christian Zionist. That's why I'm proud to be a partner to one of the greatest nations on earth and the foundation of the Judeo-Christian West. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you, and I'm proud to be a Christian Zionist. Thank you. He has really become a leading donor and a leading figure in this hawkish, pro-Israel, conservative um, sort of circle that is so influential in American politics. So what did Sheldon Adelson get for his $200 million? Uh, big, the casino is still looking for a big return on his political donations. This is from uh, July 12, 2017 from Bloomberg Businessweek. Adelson reportedly disappointed with Trump over Jerusalem embassy move delay. Yeah, because he wanted it done quicker. The billionaire is angry that the president hasn't hired the people he recommended for the top White House positions. Adelson furious over Trump waffling over Jerusalem embassy move because there was there was some, um, 
you know, it wasn't real, it wasn't a totally smooth transition. U.S. speeds up timetable for moving embassy to Jerusalem. U.S. embassy opens in Jerusalem amid Palestinian protest live updates. And the new embassy may not have, have happened if it weren't for the man many call the godfather of the Republican Party, billionaire casino magnate Sheldon Adelson. There he is in the front row with his wife, Miriam. There she is. He was instrumental in persuading Trump to make the move. Adelson is worth around $40 billion U.S. According to Bloomberg. Uh, <laughs> You're the 10th richest Coors, man in the world. 10th, maybe it's, but think about that. There's 7 billion people. That means there's 6 billion, 999 million, <laughs> 990,000 people that are not at my level. Why is Adelson? What a what a prideful evil statement. This guy's so evil. I can hardly even stand to look at him. So driven on these causes, the mostly Israeli causes. He is a cause donor. It's it's been uh, really his animating political issue behind his donations for some time. These are just different headlines so th this was all th all these headlines were basically how Israeli ministers praise appointment of John Bolton who is the who's the war hawk that's going to bring us into World War three with Iran he's probably the main architect of that and Israel had everything to do with that so here's John Bolton, honored to receive the Guardian of Zion Award of the Bar Alan University of Inborg Renner, Rennet Center for Jerusalem Studies. So you know where his allegiances lie. So it, this is a op-ed by John R. Bolton, who the, it's entitled, um, To Stop Iran's Bomb, Bomb Iran. So see, that's what they're planning on doing. That's what John Bolton's plan is. And this, this video came out well, well, well before. Uh, when did they release this video? August 6th of last year. Okay, so this was way before we were, we were in the situation we were at with Iran right now. So Adelson says, Sheldon Adelson, the, the, this devil uh, billionaire, says U.S. should drop the atomic bomb on Iran. That's what his counsel is to Trump and to Bolton. So, you know, this is Trump's war cabinet. Trump, once out of Syria, Israel thinks that's a problem. So I'm not saying Trump's been on board with every single thing, but again, he's so blackmailed to the hilt that it really doesn't matter. So Netanyahu had tense call with Trump over U.S. plans to leave Syria, White House officials said. So there are certain things that, you know, Israel does not want Trump to do and um, or didn't in the past. I really believe he's fully on board now. But at the time, he, that was when, you know, he was seemingly doing some things that appeared to be good. But it's gotten to the point now lately where it's just not even a question. are just different headlines 
and this is the problem with this video is that not all of it is is i want to i can't cover every single little story they're throwing up they're, they're throwing them up so fast um but i'm only going to really hit the ones that are, are the high points but it's all pertinent if you want to watch the video all of this is pertinent but i can't comment on every single one the billionaire uses his fortune to influence a lot of policy. He's the GOP's biggest donor, shelling out about $100 million to elect Trump and other Republicans in 2016. People are scared to some extent across oh, he evil because looking. they fear that if they anger him and, and fall out of favor with him, that his fund, not only funding from him will dry up, but funding from this larger circle of Jewish American donors who are uh, who give a lot of money in Republican politics. Adelson like said to hail Trump as the best president for Israel ever. I mean, this was just on um, the main report on on uh, Drudge today, which was um, what they're saying. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. John Voight came out. Oh, yeah. John Voight, the actor, I believe, says Trump is the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln has made his every move correct. This is how evil that Hollywood is, where they would, you know, say this and promote this. I mean, it's just, it's incomprehensible. So here's a report from the National. It says, in 100 days, a new Jewish elite rises under Trump. This is from April 30th, 2017. Wow. The New Yorker, Donald Trump's New World Order. Wow. How the President Israel and the Gulf states plan to fight Iran. And this is from last year, 2018. This has been on the plate for a long time. So... Um, it's all happening. I mean, this isn't just, this video wasn't even, this video wasn't released until last year, in August of last year. Now, all of it seems like it's all real-time current events. It's not. This has all been planned. It's just coming to pass now. So, this says in a, Trump is headed to the White House. Did we just elect our first Jewish president? This is from Fox News. And they say in the report, trust me, by almost every possible measurement, we've just elected our first Jewish president. And I believe he has converted and he's definitely a Kabbalist. And he admitted that way back in 2003 or two in his book. Jewish are thrilled with Trump. Uh, yeah, there's more articles. Trump's Jews. The Republican presidential candidate has Jewish family members and friends. Here's who they are. There's just tons of them. His own daughter, who's converted to Judaism, is her, her, uh, um, Sheldon Adelson, Jared Kushner, who's you know potential for the Antichrist, who's married to Ivanka, um, Michael Cohen, who's the attorney that turned on him, the Jewish attorney that turned on him, but. Meet the Jews in Donald's inner circle. All these reports on this. With those with eyes to see. Jewish billionaire has Trump's ear on Israel. Sheldon Adelson. 
So just what, here's another one. Just what were Tr Donald Trump's ties to the mob? I've spent several years investigating, and here's what I've known. And this is, came out in May 22nd, 2016. Another report. These are all mainstream reports. These are not alternative media. After graduating in 1968 from the University of Pennsylvania, a rich young man from the outer boroughs of New York City sought his fortune on the island of Manhattan. Within a few years, Donald J. Trump had made friends with the city's most notorious fixer, lawyer Roy Cohn, who had become famous as a lead counsel to Senator Joseph McCarthy. Among other things, Cohn was now a mob consigliere, with clients including Fat Tony Salerno, Salerno, boss of the Genovese crime family, the most powerful mafia group in New York, and Paul Castellano, head of what is said to be the second largest family, the Gambinos. Oh, that's, so this is another uh, a sect of people that good old Trump was tied up with. From a 400 million tax giveaway on his first big project to getting a casino license to collecting fees for putting his name on everything from bottled water and buildings to neckties and stakes, Trump's life has been dedicated to the next big score. Through Cohen, Trump made choices that gratuitously, it appears, resulted in his first known business dealings with the mob-controlled co companies and unions, a pattern that controlled long after Cohen died. Wow. How, how Donald Trump and Roy Cohen's ruthless symbiosis changed America. Uh, and this is a whole article written, um, it was written in August 2017. Just matter of fact, there's Donald Trump, the man who showed Donald Trump how to exploit power and instill fear. Wow. Don't mess with Roy Cohen, the legal executioner. All these different reports about him. And that's who Trump's tied at the hip to. Or was for a long time. Oh, he looks evil. Oh, man, does he look evil. Wow. I mean, you talk about death. There's no life in it. It doesn't look like he has a soul. I mean, in these pictures, I mean, and the guy looks totally pure evil. Oh, bad, bad. I mean, there's another... Oh, wow. I mean, this guy couldn't look any more evil. Woo! He became one of the most politically connected lawyers in the nation. The last two decades of his career were marred, however, by allegations of fraud, blackmail, and perjury. This Roy is Roy Cohn he's talking about, the one that Trump was connect yoked up with. Cohn is the single most evil person I have ever covered. Oh, he, you, you, all you got to do is look at him to see how wicked and evil he is. And it just shows picture after picture of him and Trump together at different black tie galas and stuff like that. If that's a magnet for you as a young man, yeah, it says you're soulless before you start. Yeah, exactly. Because Trump was was that was he was um, drawn to him like a magnet. It talked about. So Trump was soulless before he started, is what they're saying, and that's just a mainstream report. This is not some alternative media bashing him. They're just stating facts. Donald Trump is probably one of the most important names in America today. That's Roy Cohen. That's an interview from him is, as I say, the closest thing to a genius I've ever met in my life. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> wow. Donald Trump has lined up three New York hedge funds, including money from a billionaire George Soros to invest. George Soros, the epitomation, the epitome of pure, total evil and implementation of the New World Order and taking away all of our rights and killing all the Christians off. He, um, 
Donald Trump has lined up three New York hedge funds, including money from billionaire George Soros, to invest $160 million in his Chicago skyscraper, a key piece of perhaps the largest construction financing in the city's history, according to real estate sources and public documents. This is from October 28, 2004, and it's entitled Big Names Back Trump Tower, Soros, Deutsche Bank. He's, it's like he's yoked up with every the, the most highest level, wicked, evil, sick, twisted devils on planet Earth. Trump is. You've got George Soros, you've got the Rothschilds, you've got all these synagogue of Satan Jews, Adelson being at the top, Roy Cohen, who more, I mean, who more could he be yoked up with that's more evil than these people? Jared Kushner didn't disclose business ties to George Soros. See, he's in George Soros' back pocket too. He didn't disclose ties to George Soros, Peter Thiel, or Goldman Sachs, or that he owes $1 billion in loans to them. So he's... He's at their mercy as well. So this is APAC, the um, Jewish uh, APAC, the one they have to take, the congressmen have to take allegiances to now, the, the APAC forces them to. APAC Southwest Regional Political Director years ago um, oh, how does one go from serving APAC Southwest Regional Political Director a year ago to running Donald Trump's national policy operation today? And this is a guy named Michael Glasner, his journey from APAC to Trump. So he's got one of the highest level synagogue of Satan Jews running his national policy today. Trump does. And if you're watching, if you watch this, you'll see all the original reports. None of them are from, this is just stuff that's openly admitted. Michael Glasner, Donald Trump previously, um, yeah, he was, he was Donald J. Trump for president and he was, uh, I guess the main main guy at APAC. And then profile, Steve Mnuchin, the man who went from Goldman Sachs to U.S. Treasury Secretary. All these are people that Trump, I believe, either um, owed tons to and was pressured to put them into office underneath him and um, ultimately surround himself with the biggest devils you could imagine. Goldman Sachs, President Gary Cohn confirmed to Trump econo Economic Post. National Economic Director. <laughs> government by Goldman. Gary Cohn is giving Goldman Sachs everything it ever wanted from the Trump administration. I mean, see this incestuous, evil, just wicked relationships he's had. It's all, the only thing he's ever had. He's good buddies with the Clintons too. He's always been, but you know, in in the in the uh, in the election though, no, they're they're not. They're give me a break. They 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 vacation together. I mean, there's all kind of pictures of that happening. Um, it's just, it's so wicked. Israel, Israeli intelligence company formed venture with Trump campaign firm, Cambridge Analytica. Oh man. I mean, it goes on and on. Michael Cohen's Trump's lawyer and the Jewish wingman eyed in the Russian probe. Who is Jason Greenblatt? The Trump lawyer. No one was mentioning but you should know. Jason Greenblatt, he was the vice executive president and chief legal officer for Donald Trump in the Trump organization. 
and his advisor on Israel. He's also another Synagogue of Satan Jew guy. Five Jewish donors on joint GOP Trump fundraising team. These are just different reports. Trump names Jewish financier fixer to the major campaign positions. He's just surrounding himself with synagogue of Satan Jews. I mean, it's report after report. Trump advisor, I can gains. Uh, I can. Trump advisor, I can gains 510 million day after accepting role. I mean, there's so many. Iken, Carl Iken, who is this guy that he appointed, um, his net worth is $10.5 billion, the son of a dogmatic atheist cantor and school teacher. Queens native Carl Iken studied philosophy at Princeton before dropping out of medical school and going on to a career in Wall Street where he earned a reputation as a ruthless corporate raider. Ugh. Trump taps billionaire financier to head intelligence board. Oh my, and here's another Jewish guy, Stephen Feinberg. Trump chooses Cerebrus Stephen Feinberg to lead spy advisory panel. All these are Jews. These are synagogue of Satan Jews, I'm telling you. not. I'm not saying they're good Jews. I'm saying they're synagogue of Satan. I can't even cover it. There's too many. The, the reports are flashing up so quick. The billionaire pedophile who could bring down Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and that's F, that's Epstein because he's connected both the to um, Bill Clinton, Hillary, and Donald Trump. I believe that Donald Trump took the flights on on the whole Epstein Express as well. They just haven't let that all come out yet, but they could if he got out of line. Yeah, let me let me just uh, let me see. Now it gets into Epstein, which I will cover this more. Billionaire sicko Jeffrey Epstein was a long thought to be ammo against the Clintons. Until a lurid new lawsuit accused Trump of raping one of Epstein's uh, girls himself. Yeah, I'll give you that information in an upcoming teaching, Lord willing. The sex slave scandal that exposed pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein. These are all different reports. Jeffrey Epstein, international money man of mystery. Um, he pals with with a passel of Nobel Prize winning scientists, CEOs like Leslie Wexler of the Limited, Socialite Gislin Maxwell, even Donald Trump. But it wasn't until he flew Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker to Africa on his private Boeing 727 that the world began to wonder who he is. And Trump's in with all this. Epstein's phone number from his computer contains 14 numbers for Donald Trump, including emergency numbers, car numbers, and numbers to Trump's security guard and houseman. The affidavit reportedly claims. This is all legal. They found this out. Oh, but I'm sure Trump has nothing. He's just been puritanical all along. Yoked up with Jeffrey Epstein. And his torture island. Epstein likes to tell people that he's a loner, a man who never touched alcohol and drugs, and one whose nightlife is far from energetic. And yet, if you talk to Donald Trump, a different Epstein emerges. And Donald Trump says, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. Trump booms from a speakerphone. He's a lot of fun to be with. Oh, I, yeah, I bet he is. Yeah, I bet he is with all your raping little girls and stuff. It is said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it, Jeffrey enjoys his social life. This is a direct uh, uh, quote from Trump, okay? 
He's a sick pig maggot, okay? And he's always been that. Donald Trump on witness list for civil case involving billionaire child molester Jeffrey Epstein. In the affidavit filed in support of the case, Mr. Edwards claims that Mark Epstein, Jeffrey's brother, testified that Mr. Trump flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane with him. Mm-hmm. You bet he did. See how blackmailed he is? He said there's evidence that at least one former employee at Mr. Trump's Marlago Resort in Florida, which was like just a hop skip, I mean, you a stone's throw from Jeffrey Epstein's house uh, was recruited by an associate of Epstein become involved in alleged sex offenses. Oh, it's so sickening. Shameful way that Trump's new labor secretary pick protected pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he got off with this little slap on the wrist. This guy is, has raped and probably killed more like little girls and teenage girls than you can imagine but see trump trump's new labor secretary pick protected the pedophile jeffrey epstein and see this is all how one hand washes the other and how these devils always get off and never get prosecuted just like hillary's not in jail or bill or none of them because they're all in on it together protecting one another Trump's labor nominee, Acosta, cut deal with billionaire in underage sex abuse case. Nothing like selling your soul to Satan, baby. None of the collusion narrative has been proven here, except with respect to Israel. This, a very is, inconvenient this is all the collusion Russia. stuff, which I don't even care about. I could care less about that part. The man on the right with Trump at the hotel launch party, Felix Sater. A twice convicted felon, once tied to organized crime and a massive stock scam. Someone <laughs> Trump now maintains he barely knows. Uh -huh. In his videotaped testimony obtained by ABC News, Trump said he could not even recall what Sater looked like. If he were sitting in the room right, right now, I, right. I really wouldn't Liar. know what he looked like. Who is Felix Sater and why is Donald Trump so afraid of him? This mob-linked operator, ex-con, could be the key to Russiagate investigation. Trump picked mafia-linked stock fraud felon as a senior advisor. If, if you're evil and wicked, he's going to put you around him. Sater, an executive at a real estate company, was actively involved in a number of proposed deals with Trump. <laughs> Here they were together in Denver in 2000. Oh, but he, he couldn't recognize them. He put them in a room. They're literally standing next to one another, and they're good buddies. But, he, but Trump couldn't recognize them. He is such a stinking, pathological, demon-possessed liar. It defies the imagination. Right. And in 2010, three years after Sater's mob ties became public, the Trump Organization issued Sater business cards identifying him as a senior advisor. Oh, but he has no idea who he is, even though they issued him his own Trump business cards with Felix X. Sater, senior advisor to Donald Trump. But Trump has no idea who he is. This is the kind of liar-in-chief we've got in office. Donald Trump with a Trump Organization email address and phone number. Oh, wow. Oh, he is a pathological, total liar. Um, Sater testified that he would pitch business ideas to Trump. Just me and him. So he, but, but Trump has no idea who this guy is. No. Right, right. 
Former Ivanka advisor says in the email that he arranged for Ivanka to sit in Putin's private chair during a trip to Moscow. So they're, they're connecting the Jewish billionaires now with Putin and the Trump-Russia pro and all that other stuff. So I, nothing would surprise me. Why didn't you go to Felix Sater and say, you're connected with the mafia, you're fired? Well, Two years ago, Trump cut short a BBC interview after being pressed about Sater. I hate to do this, but I do have that big group of people waiting, so I have to... Okay, no, <laughs> one you do. Trump later said under oath, he did not remember being interviewed by the BBC. Okay. Do you recall being oh, interviewed? What a lying slime bag this guy is. Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, I can't even. I, it's just, this is just incomprehensible. So these are just report after report after report. Trump to endorse Shabbat movement in an event attended by Jewish leaders. Shabbat Lubavitch, which is the most wicked evil sect of Islam or Judaism. And again, that's what Kushner is and Ivanka is. And I believe that's what Trump is now. He probably converted two years ago. We know he's a Kabbalist and Kabbalah, Kabbalah is the central tenet of Shabbat Lubavitch. And he's met with all the rabbis. I've got all the, all the pictures. They've been in the, the Oval Office with him. I mean... They're absolutely heavily, heavily influencing him in his decision making. Here's here's that picture of the delegation of rabbis from Lubavitch Shabbat movement visit President Trump in the Oval Office, and this was March 27, 2018. Also wicked, evil. Israel minister plans Trump's train station at Western Wall, so they're giving him some benefit too, Trump, or he'll make some more money. Israel welcomes the return of the U.S. superpower under Donald Trump. Well, he's going along with the plan, man. Following Satan's orders. Shows Trump at the Wailing Wall now with the little Jewish skull cap on, acting all religious. So sickening, so beyond evil and sickening. I don't even really know what to say. That's um, that's all I really have for today. Um, uh, I'm gonna. I'm trying to stop here, so where I know where I left off. Um, whew, man, I'm just reeling from this. Anyway, that's I believe part six, and. Um, God bless you, and hope, Lord willing, we will see you potentially next week for another another study here. Yeah, a lot to pray about. I'm, I'll send out the prayer list like I normally do with the uh, with the newsletters, and uh, I don't know. God help us. God God help the remnant. God help the unsaved. I pray God save them. I pray he give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. I, I've never seen things 
so incredibly evil as they are now. Um, God bless you, and we'll see you in the next audio.